Hello and welcome on the barricades. My name is Bojan Stanislavski. With me is Dr. Maria Cherna, the usual co-host of the show. Hello, Maria. Hello, hello. And hello, of course, to all our viewers and listeners all around the world. And uh, this is the second segment where we, we are going to discuss, uh, which is going to be a con uh, continuation of our previous discussion about uh, a character assassination that is a, <clears throat> that has uh, occurred in Romania at the beginning of this year. And that is, uh, well, that is, is playing out basically right now. And we only learned about that thanks to, uh, I would say, rather courageous stance of um, of a Romanian journalist who uh, took on the favorite type of corruption of the uh, Romanian ruling class, which appears to be plagiarizing a PhD thesis. Mm. So, uh, you know, Uh, watch the previous segment. I you're, you're going to uh, you're going to enjoy that for sure. It's going to be very informative. Uh, you know, this is something that you will not find uh, on the in the mainstream media. Something that is uh, pretty unique, I would say, also for Romania. And it, on the one hand, it's kind of well funny. It's kind of humoristic. It's got the, it's got it, it it it's comedy aspect. But it's also pretty tragic. And this is something that you wanted to talk about in this segment. So this is tragic because you kind of indicated that in the previous segment that, you know, come on, like in the final aftermath, we're supposed to, you know, we depend on those people. They are the security apparatus. And there's so much talk of national security, especially now vis-a-vis -vis the war in Ukraine. And, and, and you know, those people, those, uh, those well, well, you, you give the qualifications, okay? I mean, you, <laughs> you use the, uh, please, make the choice select the the most proper adjectives here and and, and uh, the most proper description those people they are supposed to uh to be our you know Defenders. our protection right they, should, they they they're supposed to be our guardian angels because so many uh, terrible things are happening and they're happening right across the border in many cases like you know in the case of Poland or Slovakia like Romania you know pretty much yeah almost And uh, I'm talking about the war in Ukraine here. And, and you know, at the same time, those people are, are doing all those petty intrigues, you know, just to prevent a journalist exposing their uh, very superficially covered, I would say, if at all, you know, lies and manipulations and, and, and uh, yeah, nonsense in general. So please go ahead and, and give us your take on that. Well, yes, as I discussed, I will make um, just a short reminder for the viewers. So it is about Emilia Sherkan, a famous Romanian um, uh, journalist who conducts investigations regarding plagiarism by Romanian officials and especially the ones that um, are connected to the security apparatus, that is the National Defense University in Romania, the police academy, and the secret services um, uh, academy. And uh, she wrote extensively on a number of politicians in high positions in the Romanian administrative apparatus, uh, Ministry of Interior, or even prime ministers. We had Victor Ponta who resigned. He was the prime minister of Romania and he had to resign because uh, an investigation was conducted and um, It was written in all over the press that he plagiarized his PhD thesis. Now, Nicolae Ciuca, the current prime minister in Romania, seems to also have plagiarized his PhD thesis according to the investigation that the same Emilia Sherkan published in January, where she received threats, she received uh, pictures taken of her in 
not fully dressed, but they were taken 20 years ago. And unfortunately, she went to the police to file, to file a complaint. And the very picture she offered the police as evidence was leaked, apparently, to other adult sites. Now, this is very severe, and I will use the opportunity to meditate a little bit on this idea that the best way to fight a war is to fight to the death. We should all have our Bucha, that uh, terrible place in Ukraine, full of dead bodies here in Romania, because this is the way to go about it. And I have a lot of doubts that this is the case. And especially I direct my criticism first to leftists and even a more harsh criticism directed to feminists. It is uh, immoral and it is unacceptable for somebody who claims to advance the interests of women to support the idea of heroic, virile, and, uh, you know, true um, fighters that are going to, to save us, those being the Romanians who all of a sudden, the Romanian men, who all of a sudden will become our saviors and all their misogyny will disappear just like that, and they would put the precious lives of Romanian women above their own, and they are going to save us. Sorry, I don't buy this. I know President Zelensky is speaking to the Romanian parliament. Okay, he has these ideas. He may very well do so. But, but let us not forget our role as um, people who want to advance the an agenda and ideas for a society where women will be protected and of course there is a lot of rhetoric what do you expect do you expect her to sit just like this to accept everything look in situations of war it is my experience after teaching in a security studies department after reading uh, security strategies put forward by the romanian Supreme Council of Defense. Unfortunately, the blatant and the very sad truth is that we as civilians, and especially we as women, are not very important. Uh, we do not count as a primary objective to be defended in case of war. What well, they would start defending, and maybe I will understand, that is a nuclear power plant. Then the critical infrastructure, that is bridges, the in informational infrastructure, and weapons, munition, and somewhere down on the list, there's us, the civilian population. We have to understand this before committing ourselves to ideas like going to war. Because Especially I with those people ahead of the nation, right? Yes, it's the head of the nation, sorry. With a prime minister who plagiarized in his PhD thesis and with a security apparatus that is being suspected of leaking evidence from a criminal investigation to adult porn sites. Now I'm sorry, 
But I conducted the research. I'm not sorry for conducting the research, but I will. I, I'm sorry to say that I'm not buying this rhetoric, and I will explain why. Back in 2019, I started conducting a research on a horrible, horrible murder that took place in Romania that, that shocked everybody. The Caracal murder, where a teenager was kidnapped by an um, illegal taxi driver because, because the social democrats made it uh, very easy for private operators not to go into remote villages of Romania so much for social democracy here. Uh, so people had to rely on all sorts, I would call it informal taxi driver. So basically this was a guy taking people from place to place uh, for some money, but he decided to kidnap her. And when he was, was a it, serial Maria? killer in 2019, that was. And he was a serial killer. He took her and what is shocking here and this is where the security the famous security apparatus of romania comes in she managed to call three times from the house of her kidnapper crying saying that she was raped and she wanted somebody to come and save her i mean the recordings were just heartbreaking they were almost impossible to listen to and she had to face a very incompetent, very incompetent operator and then an extremely incompetent police force. And it cynical. Took them cynical. Let me explain about the cynical part. It took them more than 24 hours to arrive and finally located the house. When they arrived, she was chopped off and put in a barrel full of acid okay to dissolve her human remains her flesh and her bones and they found in the refrigerator a lot of other human remains proving that this was actually a serial killer and what actually enraged the romanian public was that she called she called three times how and she was treated you know disrespectfully and she was ignored for so long then when the police finally arrived it was way too long and they actually stayed in front of the house for like six hours before going in so that was a thing i mean three thousand articles were written and i know this because i i conducted a statistical analysis of it i can't give the data because i gave it of course to an internationally indexed um well-known academic journal and they said that i it is their property now so you have to pay if you want to but i can um share some of the conclusions now another enraging thing was that her father went to the local police to complain and to, to file a complaint and to, to signal that she's missing. And the police officer told him, oh, she probably went off with some boyfriend because you know how girls this age are today. And actually, unfortunately, this is how the Romanian police uh, responds. And it was for the first time that people started to realize how severe the situation is with the gender-based violence in Romania. 
because Romania also ranks number one in terms of women and children trafficked in the European Union for sexual exploitation. Now, I, we're I, only I, talking reported cases. And we're only talking reported cases. Now, I, I painted this picture for us to understand that I don't see what goes on into the head of a feminist, of, of a progressive, or somebody who calls themselves leftists, when advocating for Romania to go to war because allegedly the Russians are misogynistic and we have to protect ourselves from them. With whom? Well, I, mean, I, I, I get who is going to do the protecting part. Our yeah. security apparatus that is not at all misogynistic. They are true progressives, true progressives from what yeah, I but even, even if they were, I mean, even if that was the case, really, if, if that were the case, which obviously it is not, like I, I you know, uh, no doubts about that. But uh, I, I wonder, since you started discussing what goes in the head of those people who referred to themselves as feminists and progressives and stuff like that and are so eager about going to war and argue that we have to go to war with Russia because they are misogynistic. So what level of misogyny or homophobia, for that matter, or whatever other kind of, you know, uh, bigotry uh, justifies war? Like, where, where, where is the line? You know, I just want to know because I'm... Yes, and the idea. Maybe it's enough that you Russian. Maybe maybe it's enough that you Russian. If you're Russian, then any anything is any reason is good. The problem is that you see, Boyan. Um, when I'm thinking about these ideas of us taking weapons, giving weapons, just like flowers. I mean, do you even realize how irresponsible this is? And it is presented to us like it is the only option. I was just reading our dear friend uh, and uh, famous economist Richard Wolff, and he said, you said and you wanted to spend 300 billion euros on weaponry on this war. How about you give Ukraine that kind of money to reach a peaceful agreement with Russia? See if that works. What a radical idea. What a radical idea like these days, Try right? That. Why don't you try that? Try with money. Why do you have to try with weapons? And it is presented like it is urgent and it is the only thing to do and there is no alternative and this is the only way to move forward. Then the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. But boys, that, guys, this, this is Sarah Palin talking. You cannot be a leftist and, 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 and take the messages that this this neo this conservative ultra right wing uh, uh pro gun uh person in the united states is saying and then claiming you're a leftist it simply cannot do this advocate for this solution to fight and to fight and to engage in a war, because this is the only way to go about it. Why? So that we can have Ukraine and what is happening there all over the place, isn't it? This is the yeah. ideal situation. To have yeah. our own Bucha here in Dragomirest, in Bucharest, all over the place. To have it all. Yeah. Well, I, I guess oh, I will yeah. use 
I will use your reference to Butcha to just say that, you know, I'm very skeptical about this story because it just appears to me to be another instance of like, you know, Assad gassing. We have no, no, we have no way of knowing. This is yeah, we have no way of knowing. I'm just saying, I'm just indicating I'm very skeptical to, to when I kind of hear that four days after the Russians have, you know, left that suddenly, you know, uh, some sort of arrangements like it. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, and I'm, I'm closing this digression immediately. I got to tell you, it reminds me a lot of this, uh, of 1999, when there was this famous massacre in Rachak, you know, in Kosovo, which then turned out to be a totally staged and faked, you know, theater uh, scene. But that's that's like, I, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to go into that. I don't want to go into that because yeah. we don't have evidence. We don't know, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't but know. Let's assume it is, but, but I just, I just do wanted you to want ask... that to see that no, in Romania. Why? Yeah. I mean, this is war, people. But their idea is that if NATO comes, they have a magic wand. Yeah, and I the know. minute they enter the war, something like this will never happen. How simplistic, childish, and naive is that? And how contrary this is to war the evidence, people. how contrary to knowledge, to basic general knowledge that you have, like NATO, what has NATO done with Libya? What has NATO done with Yugoslavia? What has NATO done all over the place, really? I'm not going to talk about like the wars that were waged independently of NATO just by its political organizer, which is the United States of America, because this is like, you know, we at this point has been made so many, uh, so many times on so many different channels. We don't have to amplify or repeated here. But, you know, I, I want to refer uh, or I want to ask you really about those people that are progressive or that present themselves as progressive or, or feminist or some kind of, you know, fighting for liberation, some kind of liberation fighters, liberation uh, warriors, you know, that they now want to go to war. And you said that, you know, one one of the things that they, they use as argument, which of course for me doesn't pass as an argument because it's just so uh, nonsensical, is that Russia is so bigoted, uh, you know, in at least that's their the interpretation they uh, they put forward. Russia is so bigoted that it's it's basically no problem to destroy a nation which is bigoted. So you know that first it kind of gives you it tells you uh, what sort of how those people who live in Eastern Europe, which is also subjected to exploitation by the West, how they are locked in or locked up in sort of Western exceptionalism, that whatever is Western is good and whatever kind of different civilizational or cultural or whatever approach is automatically bad because it can be just, you know, vis-a-vis -vis the Western one, it can be discussed as bigoted, thus worse. And of course, bigotry is worse or bad in general. I don't, I, I don't dispute that. But I wonder if, if we could, if you could just, you know, speculate a little bit on this mindset, like what is going on really in those people's heads? And, you know, as... I'm not a specialist in feminist theories and stuff like that, but it's the first time ever that I come across, you know, sort of feminism that is that that says take up arms, okay, and not, not fight patriarchy or something like that, but fight a concrete and specific nation that is doing yes, something. Well, Volodya Artyuk, you remember, he said that even in Ukraine they have this brand of feminism that is pro-Nazi, pro-local, you know, right wingers. Okay, because I think there are a lot, some sort of banderites, they are a special breed of right wingers, extremists, not real Nazis, but that's another story. So they are pro the right wing extremists in Ukraine and anti feminists in Russia. I, I don't compute this. Yeah, I but don't how, does this, this. how do you get how to this point? 
How do you get there? Like, how is it because they have no political education? Is it because well, they have no I, ideology? Well, I think to get to the point, and here's I'm going to be very critical also on on Russia because the violent actions they took made people go crazy and this is a viable you know explanation i mean you see when you see tanks and even myself i, I have very very um i don't know dark yeah, hard time coping. i get this like i mean people get they have a very stressed. hard time coping with what's going this. on to them and i think it will be very hard to and this is why I am trying to put forward alternatives and to try to get them back to reality and to say, look, my dear fellow feminists and leftists, we were screaming from the top of our lungs on how misogynistic our society is. Do you think that that would suddenly change? Do you think that in a situation of confusion and war, when you have all these people who are traffickers, who are misogynistic police officers, who are abusers, who are... Plagiarize their PhDs. <laughs> okay, and who plagiarize and all the rest. When you have all these people armed to their teeth, then the only rapes that are going to occur are those done by the Russians. Are you that naive? I mean, I helped victims of domestic violence. I have a target on my back. I mean, I told my fellow leftists, before the Russians come to kill me, there is a queue of Romanian, you know, take you out. <laughs> yeah. to take me out. So yeah. they have to stay in line, actually. And this is my fear. I mean, I, I spoke to but, Okay, but, but it's a very important point. point. Let, let me finish. I don't okay. think he got my point because I think in practical terms, Boyan. I mean, when thinking about handing out weapons here in Dragomiresh, to my neighbors, you know, and I'm already scared. I mean, come on. And especially in a situation of war where nothing functions properly, because whereas you have it in America and even there, we have people shooting each other all the time, but they have a strong police preventing them from doing so, a st strong state. Okay. And still, still, there is a, a, an incident right. with people killing each other almost every day. So, just imagine in a situation of war, and we had that in Bucharest. We had that in Bucharest when the Romanian revolution uh, take place. They thought and they, they, they spread these rumors that there are terrorists and they have to arm the population and they, hand out, they handed out weapons to people. And of course, of course, it ended up in a bloodbath because people started to suspect each other and shoot each other. Yeah. Now, yeah. Just yeah. imagine people in a situation like this. And yeah, I, I'm yeah. yeah, yeah it's it, it's totally it's it's uh, well, kind of beyond comprehension what would probably happen or beyond imagination what would happen if in if like you know someone had handed out like it happened apparently a few weeks ago in Kiev like twenty thousand Kalashnikovs in whatever area of Romania and I, I don't want us to speculate on the bloodbath that would occur uh, as an aftermath of that but I want you you know because you said that uh, Russia should carry or, or should face the responsibility of disbalancing people psychologically and stuff like that. I, I think that this is rather disputable, but I don't want to dispute that right now with you. What I want to dispute about this, uh, or what I would like you to discuss about this, rather, is the following thing. You know, I have been in politics since uh, the age of 17, which is like, you know, I'm 42 now, so it's been quite a lot of time. And, and you know, I know one thing, which is a superficial observation that should not be shocking to anyone, 
which is that in capitalism, or at least now, okay, if you don't want to be ideological about the reality now, like last decades, war is commonplace, okay? And strangely enough, you know, all those people who are so preoccupied now and so disbalanced, you know, their heart goes out to all the victims in Bucha or wherever else in Ukraine, and they want to fight and arm and send helmets or whatever other weapons or, or weapons, you know, to Ukraine and stuff like that. They were not. They were not displaying the same stance, or at least not the same behavior, or, or, or you know, to such, to such, a, uh, with such an in, with such intensity. Okay, so now I feel that there is something peculiar, and and my guess would be, and please, you know, push back if you feel that it's 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 an incorrect take, but my feeling is the following here particularly about the left. I have no you know strong position about the feminist uh, kind of moral or political or mental disorder regarding this particular uh, war. But about leftists, you know, I feel that the left has done this mistake of supporting the war on Russia and so on and so forth because they were, you know, the, 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 the critical discourse that they had to exercise against American imperialism or that they felt they had to exercise against American imperialism was a very heavy thing for them to carry. It was a kind of responsibility that put them in a very uncomfortable position many times because they sometimes when things were very obvious, you know, like, I don't know, Americans bombing a hospital, for example, in, in Kabul, you know, they had to push back against the establishment. And they've always they've always wanted to be part of that establishment, only like, you know, to position themselves comfortably somewhere like on the left side of it. Right. But, you know, because of this certain history of this ideology, because of the certain ele critical elements there, you know, it kind of prevented them from doing so. And now, you know, when Russia has done what it has done, uh, you know, now they feel like, yes, it's our moment. Let's just join, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the establishment yes, 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 propaganda. Yes, yes, yes. Let's join and let's legitimize ourselves in the face or in the eyes, sorry, of those people who run our states, our countries, or, you know, organizations like the European Union. Let's just show that we are their friends. And to those people like you and me and, you know, other people on the left who have kept, uh, who have stayed sharp, they will say, oh, you, you are really, you are not real leftists because, you know, you want to nuance something or real, rel relativize, I think is the word that they use. Uh, you know, is you want to nuance something which, has no nuances. Like war is war, war is bad, war of aggression, and we should all be against it, regardless of what you know, what you think about NATO or what you think about uh, you know the notion of Western imperialism for that matter in general. So I think that this is their opportunism. Like this is an act of massive opportunism and massive intellectual and and uh, and yes, political. Yes, yes, yes. Let me let me explain what I think. For, so I think for the Ukrainians, it is true that. Uh, the situation they're in allows them to say anything. So I don't, I support whatever they say in this moment, almost those who are close to us and who are leftists, because they are in a tragic situation. So that I don't want to comment. And I think it is entirely the fault of Russia because they were not able to put forward a soft power instrument that would, I mean, come on. Don't they learn anything from the United States? There are so many ways to, to destabilize a country and take down a government that you don't like. I mean, force is the, the weapon of the idiots. I'm sorry to say it. And I think those people who are living in those circumstances right now are entitled to, to whatever 
I told you to whatever digression and ideas that they put forward. Whereas for those in Romania, I think you're perfectly right. Those who do not have directly their lives threatened, who do not have directly, you know, do not have to face directly the consequence of war. Of course, this is their time to show how pro-Western, pro-NATO, pro-whatever they are. And to show that... Um, Oh, war is war, and this is the only solution. And I, I have a problem with this, people, because I don't excuse anyone here. I'm sorry, I do not excuse what is happening. I'm only thinking about ways to not make it worse. And in this situation, sending weapons, exactly. giving Ukraine false hope of entering NATO or the European Union all the time, having this all this show with Zelensky at the Grammys, with Zelensky in the Romanian parliament every day, giving raids, Orban, Victor, Victor Orban from Hungary being a coward, the Romanians with the plagiarized, plagi you know, with the plagiarizing prime minister, they are great. And all this show, in my opinion, has no potential of alleviating the pain of, and of solving things. I'm sorry, but I, I don't see the potential of constantly pouring weapons in Ukraine, sending virtually anyone who wants to go there to fight. I mean, this is like a, a further request to further destroy that country. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, but that's exactly something that I, I feel the left should be hold left leaders, whatever left opinion leaders or whatever, if there are any people like that anymore. No, but they will send us to Russia. They would say that we are pro-Russian just by saying that I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I would give anything to see things work for the better. But in my opinion, pouring weapons there, inviting all sorts of crazy persons. You don't know how. That, that, I that mean, who would go mean. there, you know, to take a Kalashnikov and go there to shoot Russians? I mean, well, someone will pay you for this, I guess, like job like. Yes. You know. But can you imagine the type of psychological profile of those persons? And yeah, do you yeah. honestly believe that when you welcome into your country, this type of persons, the only rapes to be done are going to the, be the ones done by the Russians? I mean, come on. Yeah, but this is, this is precisely, but this is precisely something w w which I think should, uh, could be the kind of conclusion here, because look, I mean, those people that you describe like as Romanian or Eastern European or whatever, like progressives, feminists, liberation, uh, activists, advocates, and so on and so forth, you know, now, you know, the is that you know, protect the advocacy group between women, for example. Uh, normalizations would criticize, for like, correctly what you're saying. They would normally cure the apparatus in Romania for not doing enough in in uh, in terms of protecting uh, victims of domestic violence. Ninety nine point ninety nine percent of which are women, right? So in, in this situation, in this situation, something in the current situation, I mean, something has uh, has caused them. Uh, to uh, to make a major switch, to like make a, a sort of, you know, U-turn, right? And I'm thinking that this is something, uh, you know, one of the guests on, of, uh, on our show referred to uh, to this craze, um, you know, ongoing anti-Russian craze as Russophrenia. He said that like, you know, people get, 
people get rusophrenic and suddenly you know they forget everything like they you know anything that that, uh, that has uh, that has been or had been until that moment you know their their basis philosophical political moral whatever and they want to do something which is contrary to any reasonable solution of any sort of problem you said those weapons you said about weapons you know being sent to ukraine of course it's not it's it's stupid because it just wrecks ukraine further and you know i How am I pro-Russian by saying this? I'm not pro I'm, I'm just trying to save lives here to the extent that I can do by, by you know, uh, preaching things which I think are good solutions. And a good solution is, you know, lay down arms. This is, this is so logical. Lay down arms because, you know, every person, and I'm really sorry to say that I'm not, I'm not like either, you know, excited or, uh, about it or enjoying it, but any person that takes arms and stands against the Russian army in Ukraine they will be dead. You know, they will be dead. They will be dead within an hour, within a day, within a week, within a month. I don't know how yes, the whole thing is going to We don't want death. those people to die. That's why I'm saying don't say send weapons. Don't yes, do all those things. Yes, but what an honorable death, isn't it? To die is with this honor. what we're fighting for? I mean, come on, since when are we for honorable deaths and like great moral victories at the expense of life, uh, real lives of millions of people? Since when? Because I, you know, I, I haven't seen that. I've read all the classical literature, you know, uh, leftist classical literature, socialist, communist, whatever. I've read like uh, new things. I keep reading like things that occur now in terms of theory and in terms of like, you know, news and commentary and opinions and stuff like that. And I've never encountered before anything like this. No, if you say something like this, like lay down weapons, oh no, you're, you're, you're pro-Putin, you're a disaster. What a radical it's idea, so lay down weapons. <laughs> I got a, another radical idea for you, you know, particularly for journalists and leftist journalists and right-wing, all kinds of journalists. Check facts before you actually publish something. What a radical idea today, you know. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and this is, Maybe I'm not a military expert and probably we don't understand and probably pouring weapons and asking all sorts of deranged individuals to come and take a rifle and start fighting in your country is the way to move forward. Maybe this is it, but honestly, I, I seriously doubt it. And yeah. especially for feminists and especially for women of Ukraine, to ask people to come there to shoot Russians for money and expect them to behave like gentlemen? Okay, good luck okay, with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> good luck with this. Yeah, good luck with this who believe in that. Okay, Maria, we went over time, so we're going to close this segment. Thank you yes. very much for all the insightful comments. Thank you to our uh, viewers and to our listeners. Uh, and uh, please don't forget to support us by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thebarricade. We hope you enjoyed the program. We're going to see you in our next episodes pretty soon. Thank you so much. Stay healthy, stay sharp, and keep fighting. <laughs>